This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will teach you how to build wealth with real estate without buying yourself another job. I'm your host, Taylor Lodes. I'm a real estate investor. To date, I've acquired, partnered on, or otherwise had to hand in over $250 million of commercial real estate acquisitions. If you'd like to learn more, go to investwithtaylor.com. Today, I'm here to share some somewhat troubling news with you guys about a recent alleged Ponzi scheme that was brought up on charges by the SEC. For those of you on the video, I'm going to share an article here, and I'm also going to read some excerpts, and hopefully we can draw some conclusions from the allegations of the SEC here. So digging into the SEC's press release from just a couple of days ago from Monday, dated September 25th, 2023, titled SEC Charges Cash Flow King Podcast Host with Perpetrating $11 Million Ponzi Scheme. Digging in a little bit further, talking about the content in the complaint. The Securities and Exchange Commission charged Matthew Motil, host of the podcast, The Cashflow King, for fraudulently raising approximately $11 million from more than 50 investors in a Ponzi scheme involving notes that were purportedly backed by residential properties. According to the SEC's complaint, Motil of North Olmsted, Ohio, defrauded investors with promises of low-risk, high-return promissory notes purportedly collateralized by first mortgages on homes located throughout Ohio. The SEC's complaint alleges that Motil promoted the investments on his website, inviting potential investors to, quote, be a real estate investing badass, and on his podcast, where he assured investors that the investments he offered were safe and backed by a, quote, first lien position, unquote, on the underlying real estate assets. According to the SEC's complaint, Motil told investors that he would pay the investors return on their investments from profits from renovating, reselling, financing, and renting the properties. As the complaint alleges, however, Motil did not in fact secure first lien positions for the investors as promised and regularly sold multiple promissory notes he claimed were secured by the same property to multiple investors. That's a big, big problem. In one instance, Motil allegedly sold more than $1 million of promissory notes to 20 investors, each note supposedly collateralized by the same property he had acquired for $47,000. Rather than renovate the properties, Motil allegedly used investor money to make Ponzi payments to previous investors and for his own extravagant personal expenses, including to rent a lakeside mansion, purchase courtside seats to NBA games, and make $400,000 in credit card payments for his wife, Amy Motil, who is named as a relief defendant. Quoting from the SEC further, we allege that Motil used podcasts and social media platforms to bolster his reputation as an investing expert while fraudulently targeting investors' hard-earned retirement assets, including, in at least one instance, almost the full balance of an investor's self-directed IRA, unquote, said Mark Cave, Associate Director of the Division of Enforcement. Quote, we are committed to holding those who prey on others accountable 
for their unlawful conduct, unquote. So there are a ton of red flags in here. Obviously, just the way these things were positioned is, is a big concern. Promises of low risk, high return promissory notes. Well, if somebody presents to me any investment opportunity as a low risk, high return potential, that's a red flag because investments naturally carry risk. And generally speaking, we expect higher return investment opportunities to carry a commensurately higher level of risk. Now, some folks might disagree with that, but it's kind of about the positioning and the way that these things were presented to investors who may not have had the sophistication to evaluate the level of risk or the level of experience to dig into, say, whether they were really receiving a first lien position on a property and an opportunity, or whether, as the SEC alleges here, they were one of 20 people that were promised that first lien position when he had taken on, again, allegedly a million dollars of promissory notes on a $47,000 uh, property. Additionally, the mixture that I see here, at least alleged mixture of a debt instrument and an equity return on an opportunity is a red flag for me as well. So to quote from the article and dig in a little bit deeper, backed by a first lien position on the underlying real estate assets, Motil told investors that he would pay the investors return on their investments from profits from renovating, reselling, refinancing, and renting the properties. So they made what was alleged to be a debt investment, but they were supposedly receiving a return from the equity appreciation in the property. And to me, that that mixture of what, again, was alleged to be a debt investment, but would be repaid based on equity appreciation, there's just a mismatch there. I know a lot of private money lenders who are very experienced in this space. I'm not a private money lender myself, but those folks who I know who have dug into their private money lending business with them, either on this podcast or personally at real estate networking events, they're pretty serious about receiving their interest payments on their debt. And they dig quite a bit into doing things like title searches on their properties to make sure those liens are in place that they're you know defending their positions they also do background checks on the folks that they lend money to it's a pretty basic step that you can take particularly as a debt investor if you're getting started with someone new so to me that what appears to be an alleged mix alleged mixture of a debt instrument a loan that was paid back by equity appreciation well that is a red flag because if we're partnering with an equity investor, then they're an equity investor. They're not a debt investor. They're not a lender. I would also suggest that if you're in a case like this, where before you make the investment, you're considering doing business with someone, take the steps to Google their name, Google their company. Background checks, of course, make a lot of sense, but even that short step of Googling someone can give you information about what others are saying, what their business practices are like, and so much more. So I took the step of Googling his name, looking for information that was older than the current allegations out there by the SEC. And I was able to 
locate a bigger pockets thread from two years ago with folks who say they lent him money. It didn't pan out. It's a couple of pages long, a lot of posts in here with allegations about things not going well. So honestly, taking that just one step of Googling the person that you're thinking of doing business with, that's not going to turn up every possible issue, but it might go a long way to helping you learn what others are saying who might be in a bad position with someone or might regret doing business with uh, someone in the past. Now, continuing the research, I was able to find bankruptcy filings and proceedings dating back to 2022. So after investors had already made allegations and started lawsuits, filing Chapter 7 bankruptcy, apparently, and continuing to research on various other real estate investing forums, some allegations and online footprints can go back uh, pretty far in this case. So it's a very unfortunate situation. I will continue to track this case and the other alleged Ponzi schemes that have been charged this year that we've already talked about on the show. The big lesson, I think, for investors who are looking to partner with others to invest in real estate with people that they might know, like, and trust is do your research, do your due diligence. Google the people that you're considering investing with. Consider doing background checks on them to verify their legitimacy. Make sure you understand the nature, the true objective nature of the investment that you're considering getting into. What is the risk profile really, rather than what the person you're considering investing with is telling you, what's the risk profile of how this type of investment might work? What are steps you can take to protect yourself in these cases? Check whether there's a lien on these various properties that they've done before. Do a title search to make sure they're actually putting liens on properties that they've done in the past or a property that you're considering to make sure there aren't liens on it already, especially if you're in a promissory note position where you're being promised a, a first lien on a property. Now, personally to me, I don't like the mixture of a debt instrument slash equity investment anyway. I'm sure there are folks out there who are legitimate that are doing deals like that, but to me, you should either be a lender or an equity investor and not mix the two. But the people that you're getting into business with, the people that you're investing with are so important. Doing your research on them is critical. Like I said, we'll continue to track this case. It might be a few months or maybe even a year until there's movement on it. The courts can, of course, take time to get things done. If there is a conclusion, we'll be happy to talk about it in either direction. Remember, these are charges and allegations. He'll have his day in court to make his case, and we'll be happy to discuss it and report on it. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Once again, I'm your host, Taylor Lote. This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show. We'll be back to you here on Monday, helping you build wealth with real estate without buying yourself another job. Have a great weekend.